Hello and welcome to the YYC Soccer Podcast. My name is Jason Komet and my co-host is Scott Strasser. Hi, Scott. Hey, Jason. Recording on a Friday this week rather than uh, Thursday, which has kind of become our traditional day. Uh, so I'm excited to kick off the weekend. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think uh, it's just sort of uh, circumstances over the summer here. But yeah, we're doing a Friday one, but I'm hopefully going to have this all set up and good to go pretty quickly. So if you're a new listener to the podcast, can you uh, tell us, Scott, what is the YYC Soccer Podcast all about? So we focus on soccer in Calgary at the amateur, collegiate, and professional levels. We talk about the teams and the players from the city's soccer community, from the grassroots and amateur leagues, up to the university and professional levels. And today we're going to talk about a few different things. I think the the first thing we want to go over will be talk about the Cavs win last weekend over Valor. Uh, do another uh, men's national team update because we had another debutante from uh, the Calgary area, and that's exciting. Foothills WFC appear to be winning a, a match tonight without even stepping on the field. Sound okay? Sounds like a plan. Okay. Well, let's get right into it. So uh, first thing to talk about was the Canada Day victory. The Cavs went into Winnipeg and they played Valor and they had a 2-0 victory. And it was overall, can't argue with it. Um, uh, we had uh, some strange goal and <laughs> I don't know. I guess the other thing is too, they they held it together defensively. Scott, why don't you take it away? Yeah, I have to confess, I, I didn't watch this game. I had uh, I had a work thing on on uh, Canada Day morning, followed by a, a, a kind of mini road trip up to uh, central Alberta to, to visit some in-laws. But I did watch the highlights before this. Um, yeah, you're right about the weird goal. Uh, that was Cavalry's opening goal early on. Um, and it was Meyer Bevan who kind of whiffed on his shot, which was after a cross came in from Fraser aired that he kind of whiffed on. So it was a little bit of a scrappy looking goal. Um, after that, it seemed like Valor uh, was kind of pouring on the pressure for a lot of the first half. They had the majority of chances, um, but Cavalry got a, a security goal through Gotain Tigny, who we've talked about in a, in a past episode quite a bit. So he's continued his, his good run of form uh, with another goal to his name. And, I also wanted to mention Natigny's run. I think it was at the end of the first half. Oh, yeah. Um, he just ghosted past three guys with the ball, uh, made them look like, you know, men's league players. Because he just kind of, he didn't do a big fake or anything. He just kind of took the ball in a straight line, but he seemed to bamboozle Valor's defenders on that play. I was going to bring that up if you didn't. That was shocking. Like, it was just it's reminiscent of that Alfonso Davies goal where he basically ran and outran, I think it was the U S team player and just outran him. And it kind of reminded me of that. It was just sheer speed and it was very impressive. Mm -hmm. I, I find this, this guy, he's just really turned it on the last few games. Yeah. And it, it's too bad that he uh, didn't have a shot himself on that play. He laid it off for, for Sergio Camargo who, who uh, shot it wide, but I do think he had the, uh, the inside angle, like he had the near post. I think he could have, could have shot low on that play and uh, maybe scored. And that would have been a really nice individual goal for him. Uh, I think obviously that, that kind of decision-making comes with experience. He's still quite young and, and new to the CPL level, but no, I, I think he, uh, based on the highlights, at least he, he had a really strong performance and yeah, like you mentioned, Cavalry holding it together defensively. That seemed to be the 
the tail of the tape because it seemed like uh, Valor did. Yeah, they had a lot of chances. Carducci had to make a couple of couple of saves, and then there were a few chances that kind of couldn't believe that Valor didn't didn't put it in uh, on one corner in particular where uh, it was a perfectly taken corner, and all the Valor player had to do was just knock it in, and he, he somehow just kind of trapped it instead, and, and Carducci was able to, to corral the ball. But yeah, two uh, two nothing win for Cavalry and. I think that's their first away victory of the season and, and good to get a clean sheet. So the Cavs continue on the road this weekend. They're going to play in Victoria on Saturday, and that should be a, a real interesting match to watch. It should be a really good test for Cavalry because their performances have been better as of late, uh, and and Pacific is at the top of the table uh, at the moment. They're actually five points clear. Uh, and they haven't lost in the league since April 30th when Forge beat them one nothing, And that was Pacific's only loss of the season so far. They've tied quite a few, but they're currently nine games unbeaten in the CPL. And apart from that loss to Forge, their only other loss uh, was their cup defeat to the Whitecaps. So Pacific is, has kind of been the, the cream of the crop of the CPL this year. And Cavalry did get a point. Uh, on the road against Pacific very early into the season back in April. So this is uh, a good opportunity to see if, if Cavalry is, is able to, uh, to kind of replicate that result or, or even improve upon it. Okay, let's move on to Foothills WFC. So they were supposed to play tonight. Uh, they were supposed to play the Reno Vikings. Uh, and the match was supposed to be at Broadview, but apparently it's not happening. Uh, Reno has withdrawn from the league. Yeah, so Foothills tweeted this out, I believe it was yesterday, so uh, Thursday. Um, our July 7th game against the Reno Vikings has been cancelled. Reno Vikings have declared their withdrawal from the UWS League and forfeited the remaining game. Foothills WFC will be awarded three points and finish the season with 18 points and a 6-2-0 record. So, end tweet. Uh, that That's obviously disappointing for for fans, but also I think for the players who I imagine would have wanted to have at least one more game to prepare for the upcoming UWS playoffs. There wasn't any explanation as to um, Reno's withdrawal, but they were 0-6 with just one goal for and 26 against this season. So it clearly seemed like that team wasn't up to the level required to properly compete in in UWS. And, And I'm wondering if that factored into the decision I even tried uh, Google searching like Reno sports news to see if anything has been written about yet, but it doesn't look like it. Yeah, I I don't want to go too deep in the weeds on all the sports business stuff and everything. I could I love this sort of thing, but what I understand with the Reno club is that they're an amateur club that's been around and is well established in the Reno area and had never played at this kind of level before. But this was their sort of first stab at something a bit more big time. And clearly, I guess, out of this, they weren't quite ready, maybe on or off the field for that matter. But, um, you know, the thing is with some of these leagues like UWS and that sort of thing, it's not a really high barrier to entry. So you don't have to spend millions and millions of dollars in a franchise fee and everything like that. So it's relatively easy to get in. So I think that they probably gave it a go and it didn't work. And they've just, instead of doing an expensive road trip to uh, Canada, I think they've maybe just 
pulled the plug and said, we're going to lose anyway, and we've already lost. And although that doesn't really probably bode very well for their future in the league, I don't think um, any league is too excited about another club forfeiting, but. No. And uh, I was thinking about how this would impact Foothill's prospects of finishing in first this season and in their division, uh, because I'm not sure if, uh, if goal difference or head to head will be the main tiebreaker, but with them finishing six, two and oh, uh, their main rival who we talk about a lot being uh, Santa Clarita blue heat. They also seem poised to finish with a six, two and oh record. Uh, and their last game is, it was supposed to be against Reno. So that's going to be a, a forfeit win for them as well. And pending that other game, I mean, if, if goal difference is the tiebreaker, then that could give Santa Clarita the advantage. Uh, looking at the UWS standings, goal difference is, yeah, their goal difference is 13, whereas Calgary Foothills is, is 7. So I feel like if goal difference is the tiebreaker, Santa Clarita will most likely top the, top the table this season. Yeah, that seems likely, but... My understanding is, though, that Foothills would still make the playoffs uh, with still have an opportunity to advance further. But yeah, they won't have clinched the division. Okay, well, let's move on to the Canadian men's national team. We saw in the past week two matches in the Gold Cup. Uh, the first one was against Guatemala, and it was a goalless draw. And the second match was against Cuba, and that was a 4-2 win. So Canada advances to the next round. Yeah, and they'll play the United States on Sunday, which is uh, should be a good game. I, I don't think many Canadian fans are, they have very high hopes about getting results against the Americans, considering this isn't Canada's um, strongest squad for this tournament. But from our, yeah, from our podcast perspective, I'd say the most noteworthy thing about those two games you mentioned was that Victor Latoury, a Calgary native, made his national team debut against Cuba. Uh, Dominic Zator and Scott Kennedy also played in that game. So there were three Calgary connections on the pitch. Yeah, it's great to see uh, Latoury get rewarded. He's been showing up to the camps, and I just think it's a nice opportunity for him to get in, get in a few minutes, and get his feet wet with the experience. And, you know, we'll see where it goes. I'm guessing that it's probably not terribly likely that we'll be seeing him play this upcoming match against the States, but. I guess we'll see what happens, but uh, it's still, it's nice to see him get in there. Yeah, it seemed like it was, it was taking a while. I, I think a lot of people on Twitter particularly were kind of tweeting, why hasn't Latoury gotten on yet? They were playing midfielders, or they're playing people out of position in midfield, and he kind of fit the mold of player that they needed to be subbed in. So it was really great to see him get in because... Yeah, I agree. Like his his likelihood of playing against the U.S. is a lot lower than his likelihood of playing against Cuba. He should now be cap tied, so there's no risk of uh, of literally playing for. Is it South Sudan that he's from? South Sudan, and his brother does play for South Sudan already. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So now he's he's cap tied to Canada, and and that's a good thing. So let's talk about League One a little bit. There are no matches in Calgary this weekend. All the matches that are happening are in the Edmonton area. But I thought we'd do a little bit of a recap and just talk about where some of the Calgary teams are are in the standings. And on the men's side, Foothills is in first place. So they've got a pretty solid lead at this point in time. Uh, I believe St. Albert's a couple points behind them. But uh, they're in first place. And then on the women's side, uh, Calgary Blizzard is 
right up in there with uh, St. Albert Impact. They're pretty much tied up, I think, right now for, I think they're both on 13 points, something like that. Does that sound right, Scott? Four wins and a tie. So yeah, 13 points each. Um, I guess St. Albert has a better goal differential. Um, okay. and then, and, yeah, like you said, on the men's side, Foothills are two points ahead of St. Albert, but with a game in hand. Yeah. So I, I think from my own perspective on the men's side, I think Foothills being at the top of the table really is kind of to be expected. That team has been together for a while and there's some notable names on there. Not to say that the other teams don't have anybody uh, notable, but certainly we've seen seen some of those players play in the CPL and I think more over that just it's a group that's been together. They've got some history. So it's good to see that. And then on the other side with Blizzard, I, I think they've been doing really well and, and they've really put a lot of effort into this season of, of League One Alberta. So good on them. Yeah. And uh, Foothills, WFC, uh, no, Cal- like Foothills' women's team in the League One Alberta is is also doing quite well they're only one point behind blizzard and then after after them the uh the two edmonton teams are are quite a bit back but yeah blizzard very impressive showing this summer overall we'll see how it all ends up but i think it's pretty likely that we're going to see some calgary connections when we get to the the playoff round and the final so no guests this week we'll have a bit of an abbreviated episode but uh I think at this point, we're going to wrap it up and, and talk about this upcoming week. I know we've got, as we mentioned, the, the game in Victoria for the Cavs. Anything else you want to go over, Scott, right now? Or I, I think I mentioned last episode or maybe two episodes ago that uh, the Alberta Summer Games are, are happening in Okotoks later this month, July 20th to 23rd. Um, so next week, when, when we do an episode, I've hopefully this uh, stays intact, but I've kind of arranged to interview one of the coaches of the Calgary teams that will be competing at that tournament in the soccer tournament. So that should be good to, to kind of talk about that tournament. And, and that, that uh, coach is actually a, a former professional level player uh, for a Calgary team. So should be a good guest to have on. And uh, yeah, that's a, that's kind of a, a fun event overall. I'm hoping to get down to Okotoks at least one or two days to, to cover some of the Airdrian Cochrane area athletes that I that I will cover for work, but um, yeah, Alberta Summer Games coming up, as well as of course the uh, Women's World Cup. I don't know if there's any Calgary connections on on the Canadian team per se, but yeah, it's it's uh, there's a lot of soccer going on for July. Definitely, yeah. I think this whole Alberta Summer Games that's going to be a real interesting thing to watch, and I actually want to look at the rosters a little bit. I don't expect there's going to be too many familiar names because they're pretty young at this point but uh yeah it 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 sounds like kind of an exciting tournament so i look forward to talking Mm -hmm. about that more next week yeah it it is it's only u14 i actually thought it was going to be u16 i think it used to be yeah Yeah, i thought it was u16 i didn't even realize it's u14 yeah that's i i i I remember trying out for the the summer games teams when i was like 15 or 16 so it definitely used to be but uh no it's u14 tournament obviously uh I don't think anybody, any names will will ring a bell for any of us. But it is it is a neat tournament. It it it's fun. Even if um, you know, if you go watch a soccer game and then you go watch like archery right next door or some other sport. 
it's just like a fascinating kind of Olympic inspired event. Uh, Airdrie hosted the the winter games a few years back and, and that was really enjoyable too. Cool. Well, thank you for listening to the YYC soccer podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast using all the usual podcasting platforms. Head over to our website at yycsoccer.com for more information about how to subscribe or to leave a question or comment. You can also follow us on Twitter at yycsoccer403. Thanks for listening.